Man, have we got a good show for you today. So it's crazy to think that deep down inside of you, there is still that child, that child that you grew up and raised yourself for, you know, what is it, 10, 15, 20 years until you kind of matured into this teenage self uh, that's still inside of you that still has needs and wants and desires. And the more you start to recognize that, the better you can start to to shape your adult life. Yeah, there's really something to be said about like the little self inside of you. And if you're like, how, what, how, how do I even tap into that? Our therapist friend Leah on the show to explain that to you this Monday. Welcome. Hi, my name's Kramer and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy. You're not just any mama's boy, you're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. What's up? How are we? Welcome to the 28th of August of Certified Mama's Boy. Welcome back to all most of our Maryland schools today. We're a podcast based in three principles. Live, laugh, love your mom. That means we live our lives out loud. We laugh a lot and we love my mom, my co-host, Nancy Yancey. Hi, mom. Hi, honey. I have the conclusion to the poop test story that I know you've been waiting for. Actually, for for a very long time now. (laughs) I'm I'm not saying it's good, but we at least have a conclusion to this, right? Okay. Let me explain the poop test um, saga in case you're getting back into the podcast or maybe you're new to the show. Welcome, by the way. Thank you for giving us a shot. Appreciate every time you guys hit play for this thing. Poop test. It was uh, Thanksgiving of last year. I go to Tulum. The last day of Tulum, I wake up with horrible diarrhea. I have uh, a fever. i just not feeling good. I'm assuming it's a quote-unquote Montezuma's Revenge. AKA E. coli, but it's, it's like, it's bad y'all. Like I just don't, ugh, I feel like I still remember that feeling, but I also have these, these like weird rashes on my hand. And so I'm like, mm. I try to do teledoc and they're like, are you in Maryland? And I'm like, no, I'm in Mexico. And like, they were like, we cannot treat you if you're in Mexico. So I try to call back and say, I'm in Maryland. <laughs> and they're like, well, we can't treat this because you, we, we can't see what's actually happening with you. I'm like, okay, cool. Anyway, so I go to urgent care when I get back, right? This woman says, I'm pretty sure it's just E. coli, but if you want to, we can go ahead and do a, um, a stool test and just to make sure that there's nothing else really going on since you've been traveling internationally. And I said, uh, okay, you know, that's, I mean, we might as well since I'm here, just check yeah, it. At least sure. if I find out it's E. coli, then like I know at least what we're dealing with here, right? Right. So she gives me this, I call it Abraham Lincoln hat to put in the toilet upside down. <laughs> Uh, and I have to basically, I know it's some of y'all might be listening early, but I think you understand how it works from there. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, do your own test pretty much, uh, and take samples back. And it was just, it's my least favorite test I've ever taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not true. The, the no. I took a chlamydia test one time we talked about last week. That was worse. <laughs> anyway. So I, I, I get the test results. I'm like negative. They've tested like 150 different things. I'm negative for everything except for E. coli. She calls me back. She says, you got E. coli, but uh, there's nothing. Your body will probably naturally fight it. I know that not everyone's does, but she's like, you know, you should be okay. If a couple of days you're not feeling good, then come on back and we'll talk. You know, we'll go from there. I said, okay. Uh, a couple of days go by. I feel fine. Until maybe a month, month and a half later, I get a bill from LabCorp for $799.16. <laughs> and I say, oh, my God. Mm. And if you have been listening to the show, then y'all know, like I've been, I've been working on this project for forever. Right, mom? Like, I mean, we've been, I've been Since dealing December. with this. 
I mean, literally, like I've been mean, calling back. Well, I, mm-hmm. well, you guys change this, try to change this. I don't know. There's nothing we can do about it. You talked to the wrong person. I mean, I've probably talked to 15 different people mm-hmm. in the course of the last nine months trying to figure this out. Well, the last woman that I talked to, I actually called my, I guess it's an insurance liaison, which mm-hmm. like, I don't even really quite know what that means, but she mm-hmm. kind of like deals with uh, the insurance, like all of your insurance companies for your mm-hmm. business, if that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. And she's like, well, let me call LabCorp and let me see what I can do. And she's like, all right, well, apparently the last person that said they were going to do something didn't do it. And <laughs> so now they're going to do it. And they said it's going to take about 60 days to like get a result, right? Well, here I am. I'm. It's Friday. Like, you know, it's freaking Friday, right? Friday mm-hmm. at like three o'clock. Mm-hmm. Just trying to like wind down for my week and enjoy my Friday. Mm-hmm. And I get the dreaded email title, mm-hmm. which is your LabCorp bill is due. Now, I've seen that bill before. I mean, that title before. Mm-hmm. and I'm not feeling great about it, right? Mm-mm. So I will read this email to you verbatim. Stephen, you have a new lab, uh, new bill from LabCorp. The charges are for lab testing for Stephen Yancey at LabCorp. Invoice number, blah, blah, blah. Date of service, 11-25-2022. Uh, due upon receipt, balance due, $19.04. <gasps> yes. <laughs> $19.04. Never give up, says I, y'all, Jimmy Mac. I've never paid wow. a bill faster. I was like, I I, I literally was like, pay, pay now. Put the credit, credit card in from Just take it. Take my money. Because I was not about to mess around with trying to like have something else come back to me and say, oh, by the way, sorry. Mm. That was the first portion of the bill you still owe, you know, $780. That was a JK, JK. Mm. So y'all, the conclusion of the poop test story, and this is what I realized, and this is the, the lesson that I learned that I'll pass on to you, is, and, and a lot, and, and I stole this from some of you guys on the podcast. I don't remember who, I wish I could give you credit right now. Maybe some people from the radio show. I don't remember, but basically the moral of the story is if you get a weird bill, not a weird bill, but if you get like an, an astronomical bill, call your provider and you may have to call your insurance company first and you may have to talk to 1500 people, mm-hmm. but ask them for a recoding and a resubmission of your thing. Now, here's the truth. I think they did code it as traveler's diarrhea. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't think my insurance actually covered Traveler's mm-hmm. diarrhea. They don't travel things when you're out of the country, right? So I get it. Mm-hmm. But out of the kindness of their heart, I think they switched it. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know this to be true. I'm not sure. But yeah, I think they don't know st- what happened behind the scenes. I don't know. I don't know. But I just I think they may mm-hmm. have just switched it to just regular, good old fashioned American diarrhea. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> good old red blooded uh-huh. flag. American USA. USA hamburger friggin'. <laughs> Truck bed, country music, (laughs) uh, (laughs) diarrhea, (laughs) y'all. And guess what? I somehow saved $780 because of it. Because y'all have been sitting here sweating it. I'm like, man, I gotta like, I gotta be watching my budget because I might have $800 gonna be due over here. (sighs) But as Jimmy Mac says, y'all never give up. My dad's always told us never give up. Yep. And this is a story of never give up. Absolutely. There's your conclusion to your proud. He'll be so proud. Your poop story. Okay. I want to, we got a lot to talk about uh, from the weekend. It's going to take a couple of days to get through this, but mom, and I need you to be really careful because I really don't want to sit here and edit the show for a massive amount of time today. Okay. Uh, But you received 
some really big news this weekend on Saturday night. I mean, I would say like massive news. And I, uh, right now, y'all, and y'all know I'll tell you everything. And we will be able to share this news in the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. But until then, I just need Mm -hmm. you to stand by. But I want to use my mom as Mm -hmm. a catalyst for a tease here. Because okay. I think that there's um, – uh, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to ask the questions, Mom, and you can just answer the questions knowing the, the parameters in which we have discussed <laughs> yes. of how to answer this. Um, okay. When you got this said news, mm-hmm. uh, what, was, what was your reaction to said news? Please, please be careful. Overjoyed. Yeah? With excitement and anticipation. Mm. Look at you. You're becoming like a radio pro over here. Mm-hmm. Well, you got the same news. How did it strike you? Um I guess I I have I have um I, I I'm all I'm kind of all over the place, I guess. I'm mm. uh a concerned mm-hmm. uh but I'm uh optimistic. How about that? Okay. Can that be a good place for me to rest right now? Yeah. That's a good um, place. There's just some some family news that we just um, we can't talk about, but yet. Mm-hmm. And again, it'll probably yeah. be a couple of weeks until we can talk about it. Yes. Um, but I I would say concerned, mm-hmm. but optimistic. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Is, is kind of the way That's that I fair. that news uh, that news hit me. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we can really need to say right now because I, I can mm-hmm. tell you this, and I, I, this this part I can share. I feel like pretty freely. Mm-hmm. Is um, like what in the world were you doing Saturday night? Like, were you having a party? Me? Yes, you. I oh. All of a sudden, you you had to have been drunk <laughs> at some level. <laughs> were you we, or were you not intoxicated? I was like, I was like, what in the hell? It's nine o'clock at night. Like, I'm about to go to bed. <laughs> and my mom's up. She's like, oh, no. My dad's like, oh, and I'm like, what in the hell are y'all doing? I had had a couple of sangrias, and your I dad see that. had. What were y'all doing? Like, like what in the we, world happens? I feel we, like when, when we don't, when you like, I when I catch you off guard, when Nancy comes on the podcast, she's like, oh yeah, I just, I have such a boring life. I just sit around here and, you know, nothing ever <laughs> see, happens. We do and then get out at times. Yes, we when do. I catch her off guard, like she doesn't, she doesn't expect me to call. Um, so, all of a sudden, she's like wasted on a Saturday night. <laughs> The hell so was we that? Were, we were at the Allen's house, whom you know, and um, when they had invited another couple, whom you don't know, mm-hmm. um, and w- the six of us were having we we got there at six uh, thirty, and we were having hors d'oeuvres and sangria and just a good time at their house, they and sure then were. we had this fun call at nine o'clock, and uh, Ken, uh, our that, friend, uh, be careful, came out. <laughs> With the, you know, I feel, like, I feel like you're doing. I feel like you're doing. I feel like you're oh. doing well. Don't push it right okay. now. Okay. Okay. Anyway, think I would just, yes, I, we yeah. we had quite a celebration with friends. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, it so was fun. It's, just know it that, y'all. I, I think there's more than my mom leads on to. I think that she's even hesitant <laughs> to like tell me what she does on the weekends because she doesn't want really to talk about it on the podcast. But then when I catch her off guard, all of a sudden, <laughs> it was damn nine o'clock at night. It was nine o'clock at night. 
I was trying to go to sleep. We didn't get home until 10 o'clock. Wow. Such a late night for us. Wild in. Wild and the out. Braves came on at 10 that night. So what a night. They came yeah. on at 10? Yeah, they were out in San Francisco. Oh, Jesus. So we came home and started watching the Braves, and we were up till, well, I think Jim was up till like 1230. Jeez. I made it to about, until about. Eleven thirty, and then get I was home like, doing mm-hmm. doing more shots over here. I'm done. You lines to blow. Like I don't know what you guys were doing, but y'all were, y'all were a we lot. We had man. a really nice time with them. I, I see that. I see They're that. Old just, friends, and it's just always so good to be together with old. Just friends. know know that I'm on to you. Okay, just mm-hmm. know that I'm okay, on to you. I got you. I know. I know you're on to me. I know you are. Let's play a little game I'm for this month. Got a few things too, Crane. Oh, what, what have I done? I done. I got no, no, no fun news to share. No, no. You saw me. You saw me. Where was I? Where was I at at nine o'clock on Friday night? You were at your because house, of course, going to I was, bed. I was supposed to be at a uh, a comedy show, and that's what we'll get Correct. into a, with our new game called "Guess How Many Things <laughs> I Actually Ended Up At This Weekend." Lead in, okay? great. Yeah, so um, we're gonna play a little game because I told you on Friday's show, and I realized actually I, uh, the one thing. I, well, not the one thing. One thing I do love about this podcast is the amount of feedback you guys give me about like what's normal and what's abnormal. <laughs> and I asked the question on Friday's show. I said. Is it abnormal to be excited when you make plans and they get more and more less excited? I guess less and less excited. I get less and less excited. (laughs) Get less and less excited until the day actually gets there. And Uh then you're automatically, I don't want to do this at all. I absolutely Mm -hmm. do not want to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that that was me. And the feedback that I got from you guys is it seems like that's kind of an introverted thing to do. Like, Mm It sounds like, in theory, you want to be excited about this kind of stuff. Like, you wish that you could genuinely be thrilled about going out and having a good time. But then, like, mm-hmm. when you realize that reality starts to hit and you're like, damn it, then, yeah, it's not good. All right. So, I, uh, Mom, how many things do you think? I, I had three things this weekend. One was going to a Pete Davidson comedy show. Yeah. Uh, another one was going to Jess's fashion show. And yeah. a third one was going to a, a, a colleague of ours going away party. Uh, okay. How many of those three things do you think I actually ended up at? Well, I already know the answer. Well, how would you know? We I'm going to say about this. two of three. Two of three. Okay. So mm-hmm. you think I, what, what do you think I, well, obviously I just kind of told you I didn't go, go Friday night, but. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, That's a no brainer. But you think I, and you still think I went to I everything think, on Saturday? I think, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a good guess. I think you went to Jess's thing and I think you went to your colleague's party. Uh, the answer is I went to one of three things I was supposed to go to this weekend. One of three yeah. things. I'll tell you. So Friday night. Oh, my God. And I really – y'all, I told myself to. I invited a, a radio friend to go with me to go to this Pete Davidson thing, right? Yeah. And I was um, I was, I was really ready. Like mentally I had like talked myself into it. I was getting tired though because it was at 730 on a Friday, which I'm typically like getting pretty sleepy. Yeah. And I, uh, I meet a friend for dinner. And this friend for dinner. And then we're like, okay, well, we're just going to Uber from the restaurant to the comedy place. Uh-huh. Well, so everything's on time. And like, uh, like I'm looking down, I'm like, oh my God, like, uh, cause I'm, I'm getting stressed. And it's like seven, 10, seven, 12, something like that. When we call an Uber and the show's at seven 30, right? Mm-hmm. What I didn't realize, well, I did realize this, but I didn't realize it was going to be an issue, was that there was a big street festival going on right oh, near geez. our restaurant on Uh-oh. Saturday. But this is Friday night, so I didn't think it would be an issue. Y'all, mm-hmm. they had a four-lane street 
back down to like either one or two lanes, depending on what part of it Mm. was. And we're talking Mm. like for miles, it was like traffic off the wazoo. Mm -hmm. And so I call uh, and I see that I didn't realize it's the first I call the Uber and it says nine minutes away. I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's great. Like nine minutes. We'll still, it'll be, you know, we'll get there. We might be a couple minutes late, but like not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so we, (laughs) we're standing there and like, we uh, look and like it still says like nine minutes and like this car is not moving and like still says nine minutes. And then we look outside and we realize the traffic outside is not moving at all. Like it's just not moving. Mm. And I'm like, dude, there is no way that mm. we're going to be able to get out of here. Like if this car is nine minutes away driving time, mm-hmm. that's like it was going to be at least probably a 20, 30 minute walk over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just no there's literally just no good way to get there. Like I literally just got screwed. And there was absolutely no way that I was going to be able to get there, even in like a decent amount of time. It would have been eight eight thirty before I even like mm-hmm. got there. So mm-hmm. we both did. We were both tired anyway, so we both just said, "Oh well, you know, whatever." It's you know, <laughs> just called it nice. So that was one 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 down. Didn't show up. That wasn't my fault. I really mentally tried to prepare for it, right? Well, when right. you got halfway there, halfway fifty fifty percent, kind yeah. of. Okay. So get, yeah. The intention, mm-hmm. the intention was there, which is That's different than correct. usual. Usually, I'm yeah, just like, no, I'm not doing that. For that, you get extrovert uh, points for that. I will say Saturday, Jess had a little fashion show thing that she was going to go do, and I thought it started at 2. It started at 2.30, so I was there actually early. Mm. Um, and then I, uh, I I stayed for that, and Good. Uh, Gerald, Garage Boy, and I watched her mm-hmm. do her thing. I uh-huh. was happy to do that. Both introverts. Mm-hmm. We are both introverts, mm-hmm. and uh, so we both sat there and said very few words to each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we're very happy together. Yeah, it was good. It was fine. It was yeah. good. Uh, and then after that, I was like, I'm ready to go home. I don't want to. Yeah. It was. It, I, I. The problem was is that, and I don't know, obviously, where you're living, what your weather is. It was 250 degrees here this weekend, mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. It was like the surface of the sun here. So I'd been sitting out in the sun. I, I decided to walk over there, which it was about a 30-minute walk. Oh. So I walked for 30 minutes. Oh, I stood around for 30 minutes and uh, then I watched a fashion show for, I was in the sun for two and a half hours. I was so, like uh, drip, like dripping sweat. Uh-uh. Every ounce of my body was covered in sweat. Did you walk home? And then I walked home. Oh. So I spent three hours in the sun. I said, absolutely. Cause I know I'm gonna have to go home. And the second mm. I get home, there's no, cause now I'm tired too from like all that nonsense. Uh-huh. And there's no way in the world. Plus, my ears are starting to hurt. My ear thing flared up this weekend again. So, uh-huh. uh, so listen, I think I had good excuses. I mean, maybe I leaned into the excuses a little bit more than I could have. Mm. Um, but I texted the girl that was going away. I said, listen, let's try to grab lunch before you you head out of town. Mm. Um, so, okay. I think all my introverted friends just know that I'm out here fighting mm-hmm. the good fight with you. And thank mm-hmm. you for your feedback on is it normal to <laughs> – want to bail on plans minutes after you make them and then it just gets progressively worse until until and the time those three things you made the the one that well, was the I, most I was gonna important. Go see Jess. there's no way oh, man like sure. the girl came to dallas to come support me there's no way i'm not going to show up for that of so. course she would always be there for you all right let's do our quote for today mom okay it's from matthew mcconaughey one of my favorite actors and if you've not read his book green lights i really highly recommend it it's Fabulous. Um, He says, knowing who we are is hard. Eliminate who we're not first, Mm. and we'll find ourselves where we need to be. Wow. 
That's, That's powerful, isn't it? What's he say? All right, all right, all right. Is that Matthew uh-huh. McConaughey? All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Exactly. It's pretty deep for Matthew McConaughey. I've always seen him to be a pretty surface level kind of human, but I guess you not. You won't believe. I mean, that's why you should read or listen to Green Lights. Did you listen it's, to it? Or are you oh, saying that? Yeah. Okay. I've, I've listened to it. Um, it's so powerful. He is he very deep. He's very introspective. Didn't know that. And it's a memoir. It's mm. his memoir. Mm. And it's fantastic. It's just fantastic. No, he's a very deep, soulful person. Yeah. Did not know that. Had no yes. idea. Mm-hmm. Well, um, there you go. I, yeah, I mean, that's literally, I think, what where you can start with anything when it comes to your really who are you. Like, I think that's what I realized was like by trial and error. Like marriage kept me in a box. Yes. Um, and it kept me in this title of being a husband. In case you don't know, I was married for 10 years. And it kind of kept me in this. I don't feel like there was a. I've always described this. this and I don't know if I don't know if I've ever done it on, on the podcast or not, but I've always described my divorce as like a slingshot into finding who I really was, mm-hmm. and that this whole time I was really. I feel like I kind of just stayed still from like age twenty five on to mm-hmm. thirty six, whenever I got divorced, because mm-hmm. I just feel like I wasn't really growing, I wasn't really evolving, I wasn't really changing. Mm-mm. Uh, and so I, um, yeah, it was, I think what had to happen was I just kept doing the things that I was doing, but now that I didn't have a partner to like kind of lean on doing them, I was really mm-hmm. like, wait, do I like doing this mm-hmm. and vice versa? Like how many of these things, and this is a, a key for anyone that ever goes through a divorce. I want you to remember this. If anything you take away from this podcast, maybe not a poop test, but like <laughs> I want you to da- take away from today's episode is like you will be surprised, and maybe this is just me, but how many things you don't actually like that you thought you liked because your partner does, mm-hmm. or vice versa. You thought you didn't like because your partner didn't like it, So, but then you actually realize, wait, I actually like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, uh, my, my biggest thing was, and I'm so, so grateful to have found this gift of being outdoors. I, my ex-wife hated being outdoors, hated it. Mm-hmm. And so I think in turn, I just, auto, I think I just kind of accepted that like, I hate outdoors too. Like I didn't like to go hiking. I didn't like to really get out and be in the sun that often. And then through my divorce, I found myself alone a lot and like just trying to, and I felt like nature was actually really nourishing. Um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, would would find myself uh, different beaches and Dan and I would take hiking trips. I I didn't really think that I would probably have taken in the past, but Mm -hmm. I really found myself being really comforted by them. And it really, Actually, now it's one of my favorite things to do now is to spend time outside. Yeah. And but forever, I was like, oh no, I'm, I'm an indoor cat. You know, like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really go outside. I don't really do much of it. But I was, I realized well, that's just I'm just echoing my my ex wife's mm-hmm. sentiment. She didn't like to go outside, so I guess in turn, I just felt like I didn't like to go outside, and that was that. So mm-hmm. by peeling back those layers of like, well, I, well, I do like to go outside, but it wasn't. None of this is an overnight thing, but it really takes conscious effort. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes conscious effort to say what, you know, conscious being the do, do I really like this? Do I like mm-hmm. this group of people? Do I like this job that I'm at? Do I like spending time with my in-laws? Like, do I, do mm-hmm. I like what, what really brings me happiness and like mm-hmm. do more of that. And then things that don't bring you happiness, do less of that. Mm-hmm. And like, for example, should I feel, and I had to really kind of digest this. Should I feel bad for not going to my colleagues going away party? Knowing that like I was, I personally wasn't going to get anything out of it would have been a nice thing. And I said, you know what? It's inauthentic for me to go to this right now when my ears are hurting, Mm -hmm. 
Mm. I'm tired as hell. I'm sweating. Like I just, it would be inauthentic for, of, of me to go do this. I would be mm-hmm. absolutely 100% doing this for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want to live that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my solution was we can still celebrate mm-hmm. her departure mm-hmm. and her time, but we're going to do it in a way that like is more authentic to me mm-hmm. so that I'm not standing around with a bunch of drunk people. Mm-hmm. being miserable and just saying, I'm glad that I went because that meant something to them, which again, mm-hmm. I can still do something that will mean Correct. something to them, but do it in the way that I, because I know I'm not a person that likes to go stand around at bars yep. and talk to a bunch of drunk people. I'm not. Yep. It's my least mm-hmm. favorite thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So, but it's like, it's like peeling back those layers. That's why it's, that Matthew McConaughey stuff's really deep. Um, yeah, yes, it is. I like that. My oh my, we've got a new certified fan today. That is <gasps> awesome. Um, Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what, man. I think we may have ourselves a podcast here, and uh, this is this <laughs> is getting exciting. After only 900 episodes. Right. Or literally 900 episodes. I'm finally feeling like maybe <laughs> this thing might be sustainable. Um, <laughs> really quick summary. Certified fans are people that contribute $6 a month to our show. By the way, welcome back to all of our Maryland listeners today. Um, Baltimore's back in school. Baltimore City, Baltimore County. Harford County, Cecil County, I think is back in. I'm not sure about Anne Arundel, but if you're a Maryland listener and you're getting back in the swing of things, welcome. Uh, so certified fans are people that contribute $6 a month to our show. In the very near future, it's going to be a even more vital part of Certified Mama's Boy, and we'll explain that probably next week. We'll probably be able to get into that. Um, mm-hmm. So really, really thankful for anyone that contributes to the show because it, in, in the very near future, like it's going to be – the only way we're going to be able to keep this podcast going is if we have enough certified fans and like, that's it period. Mm -hmm. So I am very thankful for anyone that this podcast means something to you and you're willing to contribute $6 a month. Thank you so much. You can text the word fans, F A N S to eight, eight, eight Kramer eight to see the perks. You can go to certified You can, um, go to the show notes of this podcast and click on become a, Certified fan, and just thank you for that. So we do have a new certified fan. Let me tell you this, and this is why mm-hmm. it makes me more excited. We already had three people this month, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can ex- you can imagine how excited I was to find out that our newest certified fan is from the state of Maryland. <gasps> and I say that is because yes. I just I didn't know. <laughs> I wasn't wow. sure, man. I'm still not sure, like if our radio show is like doing what it needs to do because we have very mm-hmm. few certified fans. We, we I can see that the Mar- Maryland listenership going up, but I just like converting people and I call it converting, but like, like explaining to you that like, Hey, like we need y'all to like chip in a few bucks here mm-hmm. has been a little on the low side. So uh-huh. uh, today I'd like to say hello to our newest certified fan. This is Terry S. Terry. How Love are you? It. Uh, Terry is from Pasadena, Maryland. Okay. Very thankful to have you here. I mm-hmm. don't know your number, which is I know going to be a. Uh, like, What's my survive fan number? You're like, you're somewhere in like four seventy eight, maybe somewhere. You're in the four seventy somewhere. But thank you so much for you. Just I mean, just know what a when anyone joins, it's awesome. But like when it I see is. a Maryland person join, I'm like, dang, okay. So like maybe Yay. maybe this was worth our time to like move our lives across the country and like restart. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this is our newest Terry. Thank you so much. Terry is uh, Terry S is our newest certified fan uh, from your state of Maryland, from downtown Baltimore. Thank you. And welcome to the certified fan fam. Let's give her a whoop whoop, mom. Whoop whoop to Terry S. Now, Terry could be a male or female, you know. It's with an I, though, so I'm pretty sure it's a female. Oh, gosh. I'm glad no, you mentioned that. Up. Lucina would be on me. Oh, I my know. God. T-E-R-I. Okay. 
Got so, it. Okay. Welcome, Terry. Happy to have you here. Y'all, can Excellent. we do one more for the for the month of August? I mean, that'd be crazy, I know. That'd but if we get five this top. month, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Text the word fans, F-A-N-S, to 888-Kramer8. Okay, Mom, that's going to do it for you today. Love you. Okay. Love you forever. Let me introduce you to Leah Aguirre now. This is my friend who happens to be a therapist. We just call her our therapist friend here on the podcast. Not very creative on that title, I understand. Uh, but on Monday, we do what do we call Mental Health Monday. This is where we come on and talk about things you might talk about with a therapist and kind of break down some relationships, some self-growth stuff, all with Leah. Okay, we're going to talk about your little self today and kind of giving that what they need. And I've actually been doing a lot of work in this with my therapy. I've literally done zero, quote-unquote, inner child work before. Uh, and it's, so, it's such a weird transition here because – Leah recommended that I do EMDR work, mm-hmm. which is a type of therapy with your eyes. And then um, that kind of led into like inner child stuff. And I've been working a lot. And, you know, as somebody that can say they had, I always consider my, my childhood to be a pretty stable childhood in the mm-hmm. sense of uh, my parents, you know, were together, but they, they separated for about six months, but I didn't have a lot of like major, a few things, but like nothing that was like, you know, continuous and repetitive. And we always had money and like, but when I started to really delve into my childhood, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised, even if you think you had the perfect childhood, totally. how many little things actually led to really deep, weird things later in life, right? Yeah. Uh, one of my things that I've been working with is that my 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 relationship with my dad was always unstable because it would just be he was first off, he traveled a lot. Right. So I didn't even know he was going to be home. He was going to be there at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I just never knew what his mood was going to be. He would, you know, some days I come home and he'd be in a great mood and sometimes I come up be, you know, come home. And I think my dad has undiagnosed PTSD okay. uh, from his time in the military. And so sometimes I would come home and he would just be irate about something and, and like what little things going to set him off. And so having that, Oh, your laundry's done. Um, (laughs) Having that kind of childhood, I didn't realize, can make for like a really unsettling situation, right? Totally. Yeah. So uh, today we're talking about like your little self and giving your little self what what it needs. I mean, where where do we even start with this, Leah? (laughs) Well, so I do. I I incorporate like parts work in EMDR, but I'm not like certified in like inner child healing or like. in our internal family systems. But the idea is, is like you said, is that there are these experiences in our childhood that are, that are pretty um, significant and that play into our defense mechanisms and how we navigate relationships in our, in our adulthood. So with inner child work, like, like for example, um, like with your dad, maybe like and him and feeling like he had these moods or like his, his mood was unpredictable. I'm just like going with this as an example. Like maybe you feel like walking on eggshells, right. And feeling like, like feeling like you have to be extra cautious in what you say or like how loud you are. And so maybe in certain situations you don't like, like in public, you're like, I try not to bring attention to me. I try not to like cause a scene. Who knows in the multiple ways it could affect me, you know, as, as an adult. So Uh, one one thing too, and this is something I I realized recently about myself. And I always wondered why, I mean, not that I I didn't wonder, I just knew I was like this is anytime that anyone has a change of mood, yeah. It's extremely uncomfortable for me. Like if somebody gets really quiet all of a sudden, you know, like we're just talking and somebody gets quiet. Like I notice these, I'm always on like you're guard. Hypersensitive to the hypersensitive to mood changes, yeah. right? Like, and obviously I think that probably comes from 
Trauma. having, you know, a childhood where I just wasn't quite sure what it was going to be like. I had to kind of mm-hmm. watch his moods at all times. And so I think now I'm hypersensitive to people's moods and like where, you know, because it might really, it would really bother me. I'd be like, what's wrong? You know, like if somebody right. gets quiet. Well, what's wrong? What happened? What's, and, yeah. And developmentally at like as a kid and at that age, you're not, it, we don't have the capacity to be like, dad has PTSD from his time. And like, right. you don't have this no. ability to conceptualize things in that way. And we see things from a very egocentric lens of like, we're the cause, we're the source. And so right. even if it had nothing to do with you and you weren't being told that overtly at all and it really wasn't anything to do with you as a kid, you conceptualize it as like, if I, you know, like my actions will significantly impact this person's mood or I have sure. to be, I'm responsible for, it you must know, my be dad. my fault or totally. whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think, and then like in your, then that can bleed into, just interpersonal relationships, like not even romantic, but like work relationships or friendships. Like I know for me, like I'm just like have stuff about being like definitely perfectionist tendencies. And I definitely have OCD, but I think a lot of it's like worrying about upsetting people kind of similar, but more just like um, offending people too. Sometimes I don't know, but, but the idea is right. If I know, okay, this is just like younger Leah sure. stuff. Noticing it, yes. right? So and now when someone's mood changes, I'm not having to be like, why, why, why would you change your mood like that? Like right. why? Like, like it, and realizing, wait, this is my own childhood shit. I mean, we're talking, who knows when I first felt the need to like build that skill, you know, to right. keep myself safe, right? Right, yeah. So I think it's really, I think even just acknowledging that, like where this came about, why this part of you exists and why you behave in this way. I think that's pretty freeing because then you can start identifying where it's come from and you know, it's not necessarily anything actually based in reality in the moment. Right. So I think for me, sometimes when I overthink things or I worry that what I said is like offended someone, I'll have to be like, it's just you. Like, this is just like, this is just like this part of you that like is constantly worrying about Right. And I think that part's helpful. Well, with a lot of things, right. The more, and I'm telling you this, the more work I do is like you, and not only is it like, when you know it's there, you don't have to take responsibility as much for it, right? Right, right. So same thing with anxious attachment when it comes to relationship styles. is, And that's also, by the way, built in childhood, depending on the way your parents treated you. And that's a very, I guess. It could also be with peers too. So when you're bullied and you feel like sure. you don't belong or even in like, yeah. So like definitely childhood and your but attachment now, figures. But like I notice that now. Like I'll literally yeah. I can be like, oh wait, this is my anxious attachment. Right. And I don't know right. that it's gotten much better, but with the second you realize it's happening, then it's you don't just go into so it's say any this inner child work all the same thing, right? Where it's like once I realize, totally. oh wait, I I wait for people's moods to change and they have an uncomfortable. It's really that's what's happening right now. It and helps I'm like, you okay. not act or react on it, right? Because you yes. know you can understand yourself and you can kind of have more empathy and compassion, and it becomes less panic and less yeah. like you feel less crisis in crisis because you know, okay, this is not. I'm not back there. Like I'm not around. Right. Like I'm not having to like walk on eggshells. I'm not. Right. Six, seven, eight years old anymore. And so you can kind of, it helps to kind of take a step back and be a little bit more objective and a little bit more kind and compassionate towards yourself. And then sure. I think you're saying, well, when we talk about like inner child work too, a lot of the work you do is like, what does your younger self need? And that varies based on like what you're trying to work through, you know, in therapy or, or through this inner child work. But like, say for example, my younger self was always second guessing herself. Maybe she needed to know like you're okay as you are, like whatever mm-hmm. you say and, and do like 
it doesn't matter. Like you, you, you're kind. Like so, it's like it's like what does she need? Maybe she needed more reassurance. Maybe she needed to know that like even if someone got upset, she'd still be. She's still enough. She'll still have friends. She'll still. You know what I mean? Like I think it's offering those words, or and even sometimes it's action. So we'll talk about like gentle touch, like like giving yourself a gentle and nurturing touch sure. to be comforting and soothing because maybe that's what you needed more of at that age. And what's hard is, I mean, like parents do the best that they can. And sure. a lot of this stuff is internal and you don't know how to, how to like um, express it. So maybe you couldn't ask your parent for like a hug or say like, I'm scared. Right. So mm-hmm. a lot of times if your parents didn't provide the comfort, it's not because they didn't want to or couldn't, but they didn't even know what was going on or had the capacity in that moment for whatever reason to, to be more intuitive and, yeah. and, um, like nurture you in that way. So a lot of the inner child work, again, it kind of varies based on what your inner child needs, but part of it is, can be like what you say to yourself and what your, what your younger little person needed, sure. or it could even be like doing things. Like I know a lot of therapists will like say like, oh, you didn't get much, you know, you were parentified, you were made like, an, you became an adult like at five. So like, maybe you need more play. Like what is your, what does your younger mm-hmm. self need? Maybe you need to like do more playful things, go to amusement parks. Like, you well, know, yeah, what I mean? don't, don't, don't encourage that too much. Honestly, <laughs> I've, I've taken it to one step to many steps too far. <laughs> Honest to God, y'all. Like I, I am like doing things like I, I, I forget. It was 4th of July weekend. I remember I had four days and I somehow got the notion that I wanted to do a Lego set. Right. And I'm like, I haven't done Legos in 20, 30, however long, probably 30 years. Right. And I was like, okay, fine. Y'all now it's like, cause I, I, as a kid, I used to love doing Legos. It was like my favorite thing to do, right? I had a million Legos, right? So now I swear to God, Leah, I'm probably, this is no bullshit. I probably have 15,000, Le- no, I'm not exaggerating, 15,000 Legos in my house right now from a Lego Titanic set to some Super Mario Brothers Legos to like all kind of things. And like, I'm blaming it on my inner child, but there is something really soothing about going back to these moments as a child that you really, really thoroughly enjoyed yeah. that like no other, no other like joy as an adult can bring to you. Right. Like doing those nostalgic things from your child. And I don't know if those th- two things go together or not, but that's just something that I noticed. I'm like, Oh my God, like why am I playing? Like I have spent a ridiculous amount of money on Legos. Why am I doing this? But I don't think – why is that bad? <laughs> I guess I'm 40. I think, but I, I think it'd be diff, different if you had all these other financial responsibilities that you were neglecting. I, right. I, mean, I, I can't pay my my rent next month, but at least I've got the, the new Lego set, you know? <laughs> Which is crazy. But I mean how would – I guess my question is we can end on this is like – where if I'm not going to work with a therapist, mm-hmm. where could I even start with inner child work? I well, there are books, and I um, there's one book by Richard Schwartz called No Bad Parts, and oh. um, so he calls like kind of your inner child and more parts, like you have this right. younger part, like you know, like these parts of you that are usually younger that came about out of necessity and to protect yourself or to keep you safe or to help you soothe. Um, No bad parts is a good book. So that's something to consider. But um, I would say like just asking, like if you were to look at that part of you that needs reassurance, that part of you that feels like walking into eggshells, that part of you that um, is like lashes out out of anger with really tiny things. Like Mm. what is that younger self? What did that younger self need? Like, Mm -hmm. what does that, 
what does that younger self need or what did that younger like what did little Leah in that need moment. Yeah. in that moment? And then kind of think about that. And a lot of therapists that do this work strictly will have you like actually say those words yeah, or go back. visualize That's what I've been doing. it. That's yeah. what I've been doing in therapy is like go back to those moments and like, right. and like I'm actually spending time with that quote unquote child version of yourself. Yeah. It's really, so it's, it's, it's a pretty like visualizing crazy thing. yourself, like hugging this child, carrying this child, like right. saying kind and loving things to this child. And then I think, you know, Again, I'm, this isn't that's not my specialty exactly, but then using those same techniques in your day to day, like in, in, to some extent, right? Like some version of it. So if it's being more compassionate and saying loving words to yourself versus being super self critical, like that's a way to kind of incorporate those skills into your right. adulthood. How about that? It's like you're a real life therapist. It's almost like I do this for a living. Yeah, literally. <laughs> uh, if you haven't connected with Leah yet, please do. She has all kind of cool stuff. Social media is really great and yeah. um, books and everything else. Yeah, just find me on Instagram at Her True Empowerment. So check it out. All righty. I got some more stories from this weekend too that we'll kind of talk about tomorrow. I got a brand new Ask My Mom on the way. And I hope if it's your first day back to school, Welcome back. If you're just getting back in the swing of things, just maybe it's been a couple weeks now, thankful to have you here. And we'll do it again tomorrow. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to my son's podcast, Certified Mama's Boy. Be sure to review and subscribe and tell your friends. Love you forever.